Hey, thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. We get to listen to real people's stories of insight, grit, endurance, and maybe a little bit of I can't believe that really happened to you. I'm your host, Monica Martin. Let's get to it. My guest today is Manpreet Bawa. He was born and raised in India. He came to the U.S. just one month before 9-11, which put his dream to work as a software programmer in the bin. He continued to chase his dream while working at gas stations, doing pizza delivery, and working at retail stores. He spent 20 plus years as a successful IT professional in the corporate world and raised over $14 million in sales, but he was unfulfilled and unhappy. Suddenly, he realized if he died tomorrow, all he'd be known for was 20 plus years of career success and not much else. It wasn't enough. And along the way, he discovered his spiritual connection, mindfulness, and became able to receive what some call divine downloads or automatic writing. This helped him find deeper meaning to existence. Now he helps other successful professionals find purpose and meaning after success. And I'm really excited to hear his story. So welcome, Manpreet. Thank you, Monica. So glad to be here. <laughs> and... It's always fun hearing someone else read all the accomplishments that you've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, done. Sometimes I wish I could you know, hire the podcast host just to remind me and say that when I wake up, all right, you did this. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, <laughs> I did all that. So do you have a podcast? Is that yours is on, you're on YouTube. Um, I used to have a podcast. I paused it. I started a podcast on entrepreneurship, spirituality, and mm. the dance of life. I did it for a few months. And when I felt like it was just taking my life away, <laughs> Uh, because I was doing all the work, editing, everything, notes. Um, so I had to put it to the pause because it didn't feel aligned anymore. But I still have a YouTube channel where I post regular videos, um, more short style, short form content is just less than a minute. Usually sometimes it's just 15, 20 second video and I share whatever wisdom I'm getting or what am I working on? And that's, that still continues. Oh, okay. And it's called uh, Daily Dose of Wisdom? Uh, no, it's called It's Own with Manpreet Bawa. Uh, and the handle is at the rate the Manpreet Bawa. Oh, okay. Yeah, so folks, if you're interested, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, yeah. So I'm so I'm curious um, what this uh, YouTube is about. What's the content of that? It's usual uh, spiritual wisdom, and sometimes it's just the quotes from you know some ascended masters who have lived before us. You know, poets like Rumi, Hafiz, people like. Um, Albert Einstein. So when the science and spirituality aligns and there is something that comes through and I find it, I post it. Sometimes it's about my own journey, uh, the lessons I'm learning through my journey. So it's a mix of things, but it's usually um, mindset-driven, spirituality-driven posts, which bite-sized videos that can help you 
shift your perspectives. You know, you some some days you may not be feeling well. Some days you maybe you're too excited. Some days you are questioning, who am I? Why am I here? What 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 is my purpose? So I share these bite-sized wisdoms of my own journey. You know, when I ask these questions and what I feel. Um, so that's one part of it. The other part of it is when I, I have any bigger questions and I sit down and ask for guidance um, and I write that, sometimes what comes through is so profound, I feel the need to share it and then I will create videos out of it. You may call it, some. it may appear like poems, short write-ups, but usually it's wisdom with a deeper meaning and that I could not have written myself. So even though the voice is mine, the words are not mine. They just come through me. Um, you may call it as channeling, automatic writing, whatever it is, but really asking my higher self questions and, you know, sharing the answers that come through. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I'm really deep into spirituality, too. And it's really interesting when you close your thinking mind down what mm. you can open up to. It's, yeah, yeah, like, I like that bite size. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know, I think I think most people, uh, you know, if you're busy working or, you know, doing the things that you have to do to survive, uh, I think we get so overwhelmed um with our daily lives that we don't we don't stop yeah yeah we don't stopping and, and listening yeah and that's when you need just little nudges there so my videos are like little nudges there that help you stop and in for a moment and listen listen to yourself and um, a lot of time they are just question based so you can uh, find your own answers through them. So I'm not necessarily always giving all the answers because I don't have the answers, but the questions I have for myself, uh, I share those questions in a hope that the way it helps me contemplate and find deeper meaning of our existence, it can help others, but it's always with the questions. I can give you all the answers, but nothing helps as much as the questions, because questions lead you to find your own answers. Those answers are yours. They are more meaningful than whatever I may blurb out over here. Right. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, the seek for searching for questions, I think, is is the beginning of finding truth and answers. Um, yeah. And I like that what you're giving people is short. Because I think that our, I think that our attention span has gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember when I was little and um, I mean, I've always had some focus problems um, with like studying and, you know, school and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, some, you know, somehow I did it. <laughs> but um, I think, I think over the years as I've gotten older, I think there's just so much information that's just coming at us from every direction, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. news, which I, I actually kind of avoid watching the news sometimes because it's so depressing. But, uh, but you know, whether it's information that we need to know or 
uh, some, you know, information about our environment, like, and, and now that everything is just online, it's just so much information that it just, mm-hmm. um, I think it's definitely affecting our attention span as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about our children and how, you know, how it's affecting um, our, our learning and, and schools for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is the age we live in. There was age of manufacturing. There was age of information. Now it's the age of attention. Whoever has your attention has everything you have. Um, and if you do not learn to understand where our attention is, we are losing it. Like, you know, that's all mindfulness is, just learning to understand where is your attention and then being mindful to direct it where you want to be because there's everybody is trying to grab your attention you open linkedin you open facebook you open youtube everybody just wants your attention but the question is do you know where your attention is or do you let it go when you especially with you know youtube or instagram Reels or TikTok, you open the phone just to see one video, and then next thing you know, you're sitting there scrolling for hours, like swiping left, right, whatever it is. And and that's the power of the technology that has taken your attention away. And um, we do not do ourselves favors if we do not learn how to bring that attention to where we want it to be. And uh, yeah. Uh, we all have to learn in this age that has become harder to keep our attention. We need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> Over the weekend, I got the chance to see um, Oppenheimer. Mm. And it's funny that you mentioned Albert Einstein because, you know, he was a key figure in that movie. It was kind of a, mm. it was a really depressing movie, you know, <laughs> oh. but, um, and then, it was, it's just such a, he was such a complicated uh, character, but I, I like that they brought Albert Einstein in mm. because he was um, pretty, uh, even though he was this great mind and very um, cutting edge scientific. And it's just like, he was such a deeply spiritual person too. It sounds like, or it seemed mm. like, and um, it's just interesting um, to see, their perspective on that. And one of the things they said was, um, you know, we've basically, I think I heard this, actually, I think I heard this afterwards because someone else was talking about the movie and they were saying, you know, like we have this incredibly destructive weapon Mm. that we've unleashed upon the earth and someone else, I think it was another podcaster that said we are far too violent of a species to be this smart Mm. and the most destructive weapon that we have now is the internet and it's, and how it's, um, you know, shaping our thought processes and has the ability to, um, control us. And so Mm -hmm. I think, I think your mission of being mindful of where your attention goes, um, is really more important than ever because you can choose what gets your attention. Like, yeah, you can scroll on TikTok and watch (laughs) a bunch of crazy videos. It's okay if you give yourself a minute 
say, okay, I'm only going to watch this for five minutes, but how many of us have that control <laughs> no, <laughs> to man. watch five minutes of stupid videos? Like, and that's the thing. That's the, that's the game. That's the drug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I'm just going to watch five minutes. No, 20 minutes later, you're like, ah, <laughs> I yeah. have to stop this. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> you know, when we were growing up or when parents were growing up, we didn't have that many modes of distraction. Life was much simpler. You know, you had TV, radio, or newspaper. <laughs> and uh, so you, you know, you were out more because there were no modes of distraction. Now the modes of distractions are endless. Not only they are endless, they are on your fingertips. That is the danger of it. Like earlier, we had to work to get that. You know, there was only certain times that there were programs on TV. And outside that, you would have to go out, find a club, find a theater or something to do. You know, uh, find that mode of distraction. How it's on your fingertip. You can order Netflix. You can go on Amazon Prime. So, so work is harder in terms of your being mindful and uh, keeping your attention it's harder than it was ever before because of the technology there. And it's nothing to blame on technology. We have created that technology and it is really good to grab our attention. And so we just have to become better than that technology so that it does not steal our attention. Uh, attention and it does not become the master we are the master but if we just give it away <laughs> then you cannot blame it on technology right and that's where mindfulness comes in yeah yeah and i'm curious about your own spirituality and how you've incorporated um that into your work as far as uh like business and career and yeah. how, how do you how do you mesh the two where you've got this you know you know both sides of your brain are working and i think that's i think that's balance i think it's good you have to be able to balance that mm. you can't just step out the door and say okay now i'm this person <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be this person today and this is what i'm doing until 5 p.m and then i get to turn a switch and now i'm like this holistic spiritual mindful person like it you can't it doesn't work it just causes you anxiety and stress so how do you how does it work for you as far as meshing both sides of your life yeah um you said it right it's it's not a switch you cannot turn on and off it it just goes along um so you need to learn how to weave in together that the the thing that I had to learn was that so long that I can, you know, so long I keep pushing something to the side, thinking that something other is better. I'm just always going to be in struggle. I'm always going to have that anxiety because I am discarding this for that. And that always changes. It doesn't matter that this and that always changes, right? Sometimes it's, uh, you know, meditation for TV. Sometimes it's partying uh, for instead of meditation, sitting down with friends. So, so my um, um, philosophy or, or the wisdom that helped me shift was, 
I want to find what am I resisting. So my question in every moment is when I'm feeling unease, anxiety, or anything that is not natural, that is not keeping me calm, the first question I have asked, uh, to ask myself is, what am I resisting in this moment? What am I trying to discard? What am I seeing that is worthless, right? Because it's in that seeing, feeling that resistance and pushing away that I'm creating that unease. You, you wouldn't have unease if there was no resistance. You are resisting to something that is there. So that's the first step when I ask and I look at it. Okay, what is it? Sometimes it's some person, I don't want to have that conversation. So why do I not want to have that conversation? So I have to ask those questions. What is it about that person, about that conversation that is reminding me of myself that I'm hiding, that I'm trying to hide? And underneath is where you figure out, okay, it's not about that person. It's that in you, there is a fear about that situation may unfold in a way that it may have unfolded in your past and you didn't like it. So, you know, if you were in a situation that made you angry or fearful and you didn't like it, my body is going to store that information. And the next time it's going to perceive that the same situation is going to occur, it's going to make you uneasy in that moment. So to balance it, the first thing is to ask those questions like what am I resisting trying to find where is the root cause but that will only happen when you are able to connect to yourself when you're able to build practice that allows you to seek those answers that allows you to uh, become an observer in your life so here I'm living I'm having a conversation but then there is also part of me that is looking at this conversation unfolding and can say, okay, this is right, that is wrong in my head is saying, oh, don't say that word. When you make that person that, that is saying, say this, say that, as in your ally, you start to have a little bit more harmony in your life. And for that to happen, you have to practice. I mean, when I started meditating or uh, learning about mindfulness, um, I did not know what it meant. Uh, I thought it was some religious thing because a lot of meditations were um, came from these Eastern uh, cultures, um, Hinduism, Buddhism. And to me, that was conflict of faith. I am Sikh, so Hinduism and Buddhism is different. And there was part of me that outrightly rejected it because it, it came from a different faith. Um, so the first part of it was educating myself what mindfulness truly is. And it is really be becoming aware of what your attention is, where your attention is, and then learning practices that can bring attention to where you are. You know, if you're able to focus on something you wanted, that's a good thing to have, right? If you were able to, as a child, if you were able to focus on the studies when you wanted to study, instead of thinking about the um, plays or all the games you could have played or was all the TV, it would have been a good thing. But um, nobody teaches us that in school. People say, pay focus, pay attention. 
and now what he teaches us how to pay attention and that's what mindfulness is so the i just got started picking up um books uh, watching youtube videos and learning what actually mindfulness is and then cultivating it into my daily routine the best thing one can do is start your day with some form of mindfulness practice it, it doesn't matter it's 5 minutes 10 minutes in fact i recommend in the beginning it it does not need to be more than 10 15 minutes because if you're going to fight that 15 minutes right you're going to say oh i don't have 5 minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes then you're never going to be able to reach the results so making it easy on you uh, you know whatever time frame that suits you if you think you can carve out 5 minutes every day in the morning and sit down and just become mindful center yourself and watch you what your mind is doing you're going to slowly develop that skill from 5 minutes to 10 to 15 and it, it does not mean you will going to be peaceful all day long you know uh, it just means you are able to catch yourself losing your mind at the things that are not important quicker than you do i mean I, i've been practicing it for 3 years but every day uh, i still lose my temper from day to day i still lose my patience i still get anxious so i still have all the um neuroses that existed but it just easier for me to catch myself and come out of it where it used to take days to come out of so oh that person said that how could they say that it just take me moments now when i catch myself i am able to ground myself and come back so the <laughs> long answer to your short question is that you have to develop a practice you have to recognize is if you do not know where your mind is where your attention is you are going to be prisoner of somebody else's mind who knows how to capture your mind yeah i like your uh, expansion on that um have you ever used any of the apps like headspace or calm I love headspace. <laughs> no, uh I haven't but I have used guided meditations. I mean it helps I still mm-hmm. use guided meditations um and they are for different people. I mean there are so many there's so much uh content available on different types of meditation whether it's headspace, mindspace, there's free one like YouTube. You can just go on YouTube, um play it. um there are so many uh, other free apps that you, one can use But the idea is to begin with and play with it uh, have fun when you start to have fun with this and use it as a play uh, it is just so much more powerful and you don't feel that um you don't feel that pressure of doing it you know in the, in the beginning maybe it is like a task but at some point it needs to become natural to you like there are days when i don't sit down and meditate it's not about sitting and meditating uh when i cannot have time to do it like this morning usually i sit down and meditate for one hour this morning i got up late i just sat for 15 minutes and which is fine i mean it's not about shaming yourself when it becomes a task that you have to checklist every day um you lose the benefits of 
actual thing that it's going to bring. It is not a task. It is a way for you to know yourself more. It is a way for you to connect to your deeper uh, psyche that you don't know about. You know, you do things, but why do you do certain things certain way? Uh, we, we can easily say, oh, I've always done this, but why? So it's for you to get those answers, understand yourself better. And it, so long it is a task, the checkbox item is it's just going to not give you the value. So, yeah, I mean, you can use apps, YouTube, whatever works for you. There's plenty of material. Yeah, there's so much free stuff out there. I mean, <laughs> YouTube. Um, there's also, I was going to mention for, I'm, uh, there's a free mindfulness-based stress reduction program. It's online. You don't have to pay a penny. Um, it's called, it's, this is for MBSR mindfulness-based stress reduction. It's through Palouse Mindfulness. It's P-A-L-O-U-S-E. And this guy is awesome. He just has put out this content. Uh, it's been out for years. Um, it's free, totally free and equitable for anyone. Mm. Um, and then, so that's really a great pro it's an eight week program, but it's really kind of a deep dive into it and it helps you. It, it just exposes you to so much content that's free, um, videos, you know, guided meditations, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, lots of resources out there, whether you're using an app or YouTube. Um, yeah. And I like that you said, it's just, it's not a task. It's, um, it's a practice. And that's the thing is you can practice uh, starting with three minutes. Like if you mm -hmm. have three minutes and who doesn't have three minutes, if you, if you say that you don't have three minutes, then you need then that, be that becomes a question like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you don't yeah, have three, you minutes, don't have three you know? minutes. You really need to do it. You need, you to, need to do, do you need to give yourself, it's, it's really a gift. You know, yeah. and that's okay. And that's okay. You can start with three minutes. I started with three minutes. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, that's it only okay. takes moment, you know, the moment of peace, what is worth, you know, if you don't have three minutes, ask yourself, what is a moment of peace worth to you then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> if you cannot find a moment of peace, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> It's not going to be very fulfilling. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So I like your wisdom on this. Um, definitely. Um, I'm interested in your journey here. So you came from India and um, you came here right before 9-11. Yeah. And I'm curious about how you felt when that happened and you, you know, you just got your feet landed on this new soil and you're like, Oh my, Oh wow. Really? <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm curious about that transition. Hmm. I, I was 23 at that time. Um, so that age does play because, you know, at 23, you are almost um, delusional, which is good. I say it with a, you know, good intent, like you're delusional. You do not know what the bad looks like. Everything looks like it's going to work out, right? You have that, um, you have that wisdom in you uh, that tells you it's going to be okay. You know, you so 
you do not worry the small stuff at that age because you have not experienced failure. You have not seen the life that closely, how bad, how worse it could be. For most of all people, I mean, some people do go through a lot more rough times. For But for me, I was 23. Um, I was in, in a land that I knew there were opportunities. Yes, 9-11 happened. Yes, I knew the jobs were not were going to take longer. But I was still on a land of opportunities. I still had my dreams. Um, and, you know, at that age, having access to um, having access to your own car, I got my first car there, um, which was a thousand dollar beat up car. It was my car. So I had a car. I had my own computer. I, I still found a job at a gas station. I could drink as much as Pepsi Cola I wanted. <laughs> I could eat one pound McDonald's a $1 McDonald's. That's all that mattered. Like it, my, my desire was not as big. So that kept the misery away. And I knew in my, somewhere I knew in myself that it's just going to be over. Like it's just temporary. I was just enjoying, um, you know, I worked at gas stations and I had fun, like uh, in New Jersey, in the East Coast, you, there are full service gas stations that you have to pump petrol uh, and gas into people's car. But I enjoy it. I enjoyed interacting. Everything was so new to me. Uh, the people, the culture, uh, you know, I, I was so curious. Like I remember I was working at a gas station first few days when they were teaching me how to work, how to pump gas, how to talk to people, how to, you know, take payment on credit card. When somebody would come, I'll pump and I'll just look at how they're talking, uh, what are they saying to each other in the cars, you know, these people sitting. It's just so curious to, you know, see, it was, everything was just so new and so different from where I've come. Uh, one of the guys pointed out, he says, don't look at these people. They will feel offended. They'll not like it. If you keep looking, it will feel like a stare. And I did not know in India, it was a common to look at people. And so there were so many cultural differences that I had to learn. And I, I was just picking up new things. I was just excited. I was in the U.S. for every person, all my friends who, who dreamt, dreamed of going to be U.S. I was the one there. So, you know, I was living my life. <laughs> it wasn't what I planned, but was enjoying it and I and I think I'm glad I was so uh, delusional in a way that I I did not think if uh, it as a misery I thought it was just all good I all saw everything to be good you know being able to drink that uh, one dollar coke or uh, one dollar burger having my own car I just felt it was all great I laughed when you said a thousand dollar beater car. <laughs> yeah. I think we've all had those. <laughs> hey man, it gets you from point A to point B and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It was a car. We've all done that. We have all done it. It was the thing was it was my first car. You know, the first is you always remember the first he was beat up, but it was the first car I had. I prior to that I had not even driven a car. So, you know, um, when you get something that you didn't have just appreciate it. I loved it. It had good music. It was old. <laughs> Mercedes, I, I think it was a 
84 model or something but it was it worked <laughs> it took yeah. me to be and i was not dependent yeah. before i got that car somebody had to give me a ride to work so now i had my own car so it was freedom yeah the freedom yeah freedom the freedom of <laughs> oh now i can go get my dollar hamburger and my yeah. <laughs> i can go to mcdonald's by myself yeah i remember thinking that ex- that's so funny i remember thinking that exact same thing when i was 16 and i had and an old beat up car that was my mother's and she gave it to me and she, I actually wrecked it (laughs) when I was like 18. She was so upset. Sorry, mom. (laughs) But, uh, I remember the same thing I got, I had gotten my license Mm. and I was like, I am going to go to McDonald's right Mm. now and I can do it because I can drive, you know? And I think, I think we all forget about that, that feeling of gratitude. It sounds like you came here with that, with just a sense of wonder and gratitude and learning Mm. and accepting uh, people who would give you insight into culture and like how to, how to blend in or how to do that thing. And I, I can imagine that that must've been like really challenging in some ways and easier in others. So. Yeah. I, I think at that age, it was just easy. The thing is, when you don't know what bad is, everything else is just good. <laughs> so, you know, if I was born and raised, compared to somebody who was born and raised in America, always had those resources, it would feel like really bad. But comparing to somebody who never had what somebody in average American would call as bad, it was just so great. So I'm glad I never had a insight into what bad looked like that it was just great for me it was it was not intentional like it was not like i was telling myself or making myself believe it was just so naturally good to me that it helped me get over the hump um easily you know if i thought it was i was being miserable i didn't have job and all those kind of um thoughts it would have been really hard to survive um, so I'm glad I did not have those thoughts or luxury uh, to compare. Right. I think it's cool that you worked at a gas station. <laughs> and you also delivered pizzas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you, um, so you had a car. Did you have to use your car to deliver pizzas or did they, yeah. was it like I, a. Uh, yeah. So I would, um, before going to gas station, I'll do pizza delivery for a couple of hours. My gas station shift would be night. Uh, so I would spend a um, couple hours in the afternoon um, to do that. It, it was great. Um, I, <laughs> I remember one time I was, I took the pizza. <laughs> this is a funny story. And I was like three or four pizzas in my car. And I had one of those uh Nissan's at that time, uh, another car where, you know, you had those cars that it would automatically lock uh, the door. (laughs) Unless you uh, stop the car. I don't remember how it functioned, but all I remember it, I got to the customer's house. I'm standing right in front uh, of it. I get out. I ring their bell that I'm here. And I go back to the car and the car is locked. It's running, it's locked. The pizza oh, no. inside. <laughs> and here I am, I like, and the customer comes in and I'm like, I don't know what to tell him either. So I start <laughs> to 
call my um, I call back to the store and I tell the manager, you know, this is what happened. He's like, he's like, do you have AAA? I was like, I don't have AAA. Who spends money on AAA? Like, you know, like pizza store. Now you do. Yeah. <laughs> So, He's like, do you have a coat hanger? Yeah. <laughs> do you have one of those Jimmy things? I'm always amazed when you, when they come and they can get the, especially back then, cars were easier to get into yeah. with the, those so, devices. <laughs> so I called my uh, store manager. He said, okay, you need to inform to the customer. So I told the customer and um, he felt such a pity. Like, you know, I'm still 24. I'm young. I'm uh, you, you can see on the face that the guy is in trouble. And so he, he asked me, oh, do you have AAA? I said, I don't have. So then he used his own AAA card, calls the service. It takes a half an hour or 40 minutes uh, for them to come and get the pizzas out. Thankfully, the heat was, the car was running. So the heat inside was running. It was, you know, November or December time in New Jersey. It was really cold. And so by the time 40 minutes, you know, no matter what kind of um, a car it is, and it's going to get cold. So the pizzas got out. It was yeah. cold. He told me the pizzas were cold, and I asked him if you want me to go back and bring <laughs> more pizzas, fresh pizzas, and they were like, obviously, uh, he may have expected that um, either to get some form of discount or I don't know. I mean, he offered uh, his AAA uh, very generously. You know, he didn't need to do it. It could have been Domino's problem to solve that issue, but uh, he helped me. So then next time he came, I, you know, I, I had my manager to give him discount on the pieces, but it was funny, you know, uh, and it was, I was also grateful. Like that was grace like it was his um in that moment where it was locked i did not know what to do that customer gave the grace you know he helped get the triple a because my manager wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it i my car was running i didn't know what to do my uh you know i, I worked uh i think i worked uh 40 or 50 minutes away from where i lived so you know for anybody to come it would still be um in a long time so so i i always had this grace um of unseen hand you may call it god's grace you may call it universe grace but i always had this helping hand this grace uh, above me that you know took me away uh, in these situations that helped me navigate when i was i just didn't know who to ask yeah and you ran in, and you had a kind person too that's the thing yeah I you, always, could have, you could have I, had any customer but that customer that you got was kind i always found this is the thing i don't know how if there is a thing like being lucky i was always lucky to find kind people when i first landed in um uh, us when i first started my job the job was because this was gas station it was 50 minutes away I needed a ride to get there. There was no bus who that would take. And we found somebody, um, uh, or oh, somebody said this ex person works in a gas station. That's probably 10 minutes more away from there, but he, and he lived there and they found the number and the person said, yeah, I'll take him every day. And there were days because I worked 12 hour shift, seven days a night that, and when I'll come back, I'll sit on 
computer or TV and time will fly and I'll not sleep and have enough sleep and I'll, I'll not get up on time. He'll come, he'll knock on the door only to know that I have slept and then he'll wake me up. He'll never left without taking me, you know, it, it got him late days because, you know, <laughs> we always had five, 10 minutes margin. And if he's now waking me up, it's going to take me five, 10 minutes to get ready. And so he'll, I'll get late. He'll get late. Uh, and because and gas stations, you're working on ships, you're relieving somebody. The other person is wake, waiting anxiously for you to come on time so that person can go. But he never left me. He, you know, even though he got in trouble at his job, he never left me sleeping. He always made sure because he knew that one day is, you know, every day if I miss, I'm going to not only miss the job, it's all that. I mean, not only I'm going to miss the money, but I'm going to, you know, I may lose my job. So I was always, uh, you know, it was so uh, great to always have those kind people who held my hand. So I always felt God's grace through these hands who uh, took me and helped me in these times because I I was in a land where I did not know nobody, right? Um, who right. Does who does that when you don't know who will stop and wait for somebody who's not even related to you just to make sure this person can make a living. You will pick him up and take him to the job. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's very kind. And I think that that's, you know, when we need that, it comes to us. It does. And that's, that's part of like being connected and, and uh, finding that balance and the holism. And when mm. we need it, it comes to us. I like that. <laughs> uh, so you ended up in the IT world after all of this pizza <laughs> delivering and gas station experience. Uh, you ended up in the IT world. Um, and how what, did you, you had trained in, what, was it software or yeah. what did you do? Yeah, I was a software programmer. Before I came to US, I was already in India. I was working a software programming job. So, so um, this again, another moment of grace. I was working in California um, on an electronic store. I don't know if you've heard of Prize, Prize Electronics. Oh, yeah. So I was, mm -hmm. I was a cashier there and I was serving somebody who, was, who came there to purchase laptops. And, um, and he had bought, I think three laptops or four laptops. So it was a big, um, uh, amount, uh, in a single transaction, right? So it needed, um, it needed a supervisor's approval and the supervisor ha happened to be my roommate. And so when <laughs> my roommate came, he was very, um, he was very outgoing. He would you know, very curious. He would ask questions. He, he, he was not shy at all. And so while he was keying his approval, he asked the man, what are you doing with all these four laptops? You know, and the guy said, Oh, I run a IT consulting company. I, you know, uh, hire programmers. And my friend jokingly said, Oh, you can hire him. Uh, you know, he'll be a good programmer. And, uh, to our surprise, he said, yeah, sure, send me my resume. He gave his card, um, and uh, he gave his card and uh, said, send me resume. Um, 
couple of days later over the weekend, I sent him resume. A week later, he called me for an interview. And in you know that interview after four years, I went for the interviews and I, in 10 minutes, I was hired. And <laughs> all by this small accident of, you can say small accident. I just don't think it was accident. It was, you know. Oh, yeah. Time had come for me to come back. Whatever I had to learn, I had. And so I got the job and it's been 17 years. I've been working for the same company. That's awesome. You know, I always tell people like, if you are called to do a job, no matter what it is, if it fits, yeah. if, if it fits for you, you do it. Don't feel like it's the wrong thing. Like, because there's a reason that you're going to do this job. You know, you're flipping burgers at Burger King or you're cleaning toilets, like whatever. Like if you need to do that and you're okay with that and it fits you for the time, like do it because it's going to open up the opportunities that need to come to you. Hmm. And there's a reason that you're called for it. And I think that's so cool that it's like, like, yeah, that was totally meant to happen. You were meant to meet that person. That's divine intervention. I think that's so amazing. I hear it all the time, but it's so cool to like see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you do, you, you do, you've done this um, in the software world and, um, and you're still doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I work for the yeah. same company that I worked in California. I went to India. I worked there for few years and that I, when they were starting operations in UK, I came to the UK. And so I've been here now 10 years. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it is a blessing. So um, do you have, so you mentioned something about the 100 Days of Bliss event. Mm. Is this a previous event you did or what, tell us about that yeah it was uh, last year um what i did was uh, i when I, one of the things i learned in my journey of finding myself or uh, shifting my perspectives is was to start my day right like i control my days and if i don't start it right i said I am not setting the tone. So the 100 days of bliss was about starting your days with the right tone, setting the tone for the day, taking the control of the day. And what what we were asked, what I asked people to do was whoever signed up, it was free event. There was nothing, no obligations. All I asked was start your day with something that you love to do, whether it's reading a book, going for a walk, meditation, listening music, eating good breakfast, whatever it is, commit that you will start your day for next 100 days with something you love. It it didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter how much time you put in, but what mattered what it is, had to be something you enjoy. And that's when you enjoy, when you start your day happy, when you're blessed, you cannot have bad days. I mean, you can have bad moments in the days, but that trajectory of starting it with the right vibration, right frequency, right thoughts, that sets your day. And that was 100 days of bliss. And uh, I think there were 20, 25 people signed up. And, um, you know, we ran with, everybody ran it their own. I originally planned that we would do 
a you know collective meetup after the hundred days or in somewhere in the between it never happened. I got I got uh, engaged with the other uh, projects that came up, but yeah, you know, anybody can start it. And the reason we picked up hundred days was because you know it takes time to build habit. It takes time to overcome yourself when you have been a person who has started their day just giving it away to your family, to your work, to whatever is calling for you for that day, you forget to live yourself. So it was just a way to learn to live yourself moment, one moment a day, uh, starting it right. Do you think you'll do that again? I should do that now that you ask. I was actually thinking that hmm. when you asked this question, I, there was a thought, yeah, maybe I should do that. I, I think... I'll work upon something like this very soon. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, so um, what? So you're also on. Let's see. You, we, we'll put the links for your um, YouTube channel in, and then you're also on LinkedIn. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, either professionally or or whatever, we'll put that yeah. down. Um, is there any other? Uh, projects that you're working on currently um, that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, um, there's something in <laughs> making right now. Um, I generally do, I don't do many events, but every two, three months, I will do a event, a uh, couple of hours events where I'll um, share what I've learned. Um, I'll share some wisdom. We'll do some mindfulness practice. I'm working on something um, that probably will we'll plan in the next three, four weeks to come out. Uh, and I don't know what that <laughs> topic is, but it's generally around spirituality. It's, a, it's something that would be a way for you to connect and recognize yourself more. So when I do, I will share it with you. Uh, uh, and like you said, LinkedIn is the place where it'll get posted. I connect with people there anybody has questions you can engage on me fees or you can send me dm there that's the best place to connect with me youtube is just you know people come watch videos you go you may leave comments but if you want an interaction linkedin is the best place to do that uh, yeah nice yeah awesome yeah um so i have my fun question at the end mm -hmm. um so you're from India and I don't know how many listeners love Indian food, but I absolutely love yeah. Indian food. <laughs> and I'm wondering uh, if there's a, an ingredient that is kind of your favorite that maybe not a lot of people know about or have never used before. Maybe some, maybe somebody wants to get out there and try something different. If you have a special ingredient you want to share <laughs> or yeah. dish or something um, like that. Yeah. I, I think a lot, it's not used in uh, American cooking a lot, but one of the ingredients that you'll find in any Indian household is ginger and it has its health benefit. I use that in tea. I, it's in every single Indian dish we cook. It's there. That's one. It's in different ways you could use it. Um, the other is mint. I think people don't 
use mint, you could use mint in the teas, you can use mint in the sauce, mint sauce. Um, so these are two in- ingredients I like. Maybe lemon also, third one. I drink lemon in my water every morning. So that's the third one. I love all those. I use so much ginger in my cooking. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm a chef by trade. So I, uh, I I always grab some ginger at the store. I'm always like adding. I, and I love making tea with like lemon, ginger, and honey. Yeah. And just if I'm not feeling very well, I'll make that. And I'll make it really strong on the ginger side. It just brings up the heat in my body. And it... Uh, man, it, I don't know. I just love that, especially in the winter. You know, if you're not feeling very good, like just make that. Yeah. There's probably something in Ayurveda with that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, ginger, uh, it is said that ginger, lemon, a little bit of Himalayan salt, the pink salt. Oh, yeah. Um, and honey. You drink it in the morning, you sort of wake up your digestive system. It's, it's good. You don't need to boil it and drink it. You just mix it in the uh, regular water, regular temperature mm-hmm. water. And that's one thing I have every morning. It just wakes up your, <laughs> you want to wake your senses up. You want to wake your digestive system. That's the best thing that you could do to yourself. So you're not making it with hot water. You're just making it with just water. Just like water. a cool, yeah. okay, okay. A room temperature, oh. so I just mix oh, okay. a glass of water, a little bit of honey, a little bit ginger, uh, a pinch of uh, Himalayan salt, a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, lemon, half half lemon, and I'll just mix it, shake. That sounds so good. Now I know what I'm having after this. <laughs> I love that. Because, you know, it's funny because I always do that with hot water in the winter, but I've never tried that in the summer, you know, because I mean, I drink my coffee, you know, and I love tea. I love to drink tea, but I've never done that version mm. with like room temperature water. So now I'm going to try that. <laughs> that sounds great. It'll, it'll just, you know, try it. It just makes you feel a little more lively, like easy on mm-hmm. your body also. Yeah, yeah, lemons have that way. Oh, I love lemons. Yeah, they're great. Okay, now I'm going to try it. I'm going to run my experiment today, see if I feel lively. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Manpreet, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. And I know I sure did. So <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Monica, for having me. It was a pleasure. I mean, there's a lot of stories that came out that I have not remembered in a long time. So glad to be here. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Okay, thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining me today and listening to another amazing story. I've got a pretty big announcement. I have an online program coming up. It's self-paced, so you can fit it into your own schedule. We're going to focus on healthy boundaries, tapping into intuition for growth, and set some milestones for habits that stick. It's called Bold Boundaries, and I want you to jump on over to my website and get on the wait list if you even might be slightly interested because it's launching this fall, and I'm looking for a few people to be a part of it for a very affordable price. It's all online, downloadable, and it's going to have some great content. The best part is that it will include some useful one-on-one coaching included for free. 
So the way to find it is to head on over to my website at www.mountainenergywellnesscoaching.com and search for the coaching services tab. And right there, you can get your mail, uh, your email and name on the contact form. I'll be uploading a separate short little introduction on this podcast, going into more details of the program. Be sure and hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to great pod content. It sure helps my efforts to grow and get these stories out there. I'd love it if you could tell a friend about this show and share it with anyone who might be interested. You can find any links mentioned by my guests or by me in the show notes below. We have some great guests coming up in the next few weeks to finish up season one, which will be winding down in October. But season two is going to be super fun. We're going to dive into the weird. Yep. We're looking for strange encounter stories, experiencers, and all things weird. So if you'd like to be on the show and have a story you'd love to tell, reach out to me by sending an email to verbalecho at gmail.com. Our music is Funk Beats by Ecolix, and you can find them on Audio Jungle. I'll catch you next time around. See you soon.